I know some people that could clearly cleave a craft single in twain with their bare hands. And yet it would kill them if they consumed it. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. What exactly is going Vivian here? Be sure to mark January 7th, put a chess pin in it. Does a Christmas Eevee imply the existence of a Christmas Davy? New Year, New Nactal. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 219. It's December 28th. And as always, I'm your host, Chris, but I'm also joined, as always, by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How you doing, man? Doing okay. Doing okay. Good, good. Yeah, you had a you had a week away, a week extra away. Last week, we sort of uh, decided to not record, and I threw together a little bit of uh, news and put something out, but we're back in force with a full episode, 219 proper, no point fives, no nothing. Um, and don't you worry, we are going to touch on all those events that I touched on in the little half episode to get Kyle's opinion, which is what we're all here for, including myself. <laughs> so before we get started here, shout out to patrons of ours. Thank you to John, Lester, and Martha for initiating pledges. Thank you very much for your support. And a special thank you to Sharon and Nick for increasing their pledges. Thank you, thank you, thank you. More about Patreon and patronage at the end of the episode. Mr. Kyle, we've got some goals to wrap up, to clean up, to revisit, to, uh, I don't know, face the music to, I suppose. These are from a couple of weeks ago, so hopefully we've managed to, to do this by now. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, your first goal was Mega Glalie, and I believe that yes. was to just evolve it. Have it done. Yeah, I decks. just wanted the, the decks, and okay. I did do that. Awesome. And the Community Day research from December Community Day? I did. I, I got that finished. Thankfully, wow. I won't have that for like 10 more months now. Okay, excellent. That's a 100% for you, sir. Good jab. All right, I wanted to catch 50 Shinies, 500,000 Stardust, Max Fuzz Aldrin, and do the community research. I did do all four of those. My shiny goal was 50 for the community day, but not counting Shinies outside of community day, but still part of that week. I think I got like 64 or 65, something Good like that. Good Lord. It was uh, it was a good time. That's for sure. Um, but all right. Four out of four for me. What a banner week. You know, that's what happens when you give us uh, an extra week to work with. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> OK, so without further ado, let's just hop into the news then. Do it up. It's the news. OK, so as we've done in the past, let's take a quick look back at the previous things that have happened since we last recorded. So, Kyle, that includes the community day uh, for December, the weekend, how we thought about it. And then actually, unfortunately, something we are going to cover here because we didn't record together last week, but Hisui and Avalog Raid Day as well. <laughs> so how is December community day for you? Any highlights? Uh, no. And it's <laughs> going to be real easy because I didn't get to play. Oh, yeah. I had a family 
dinner for my mom's birthday on the Saturday. And then I worked, I literally started work when the community day started on Sunday. So I got two shinies while I was at my mom's and I finished the research while I was driving to and from my mom's. And that was about all I did. Okay. Well, Hey, you managed, you still managed in between all of your other responsibilities. Nice work for myself. I think it was mostly just spent alone. (laughs) I went out and it was really bitterly cold. Oh my God. So it was, it was awful. So I did uh, some local play out in my car and it was fun for what it was. It was not really like over exciting, you know, for what it was at its core. I suppose at its core is just a good way of wrapping that up. It's not that exciting at its core, uh, but it was still fun and therapeutic to play for a couple of days in a row like that. And can't argue with the stardust that I walked away with. So not bad. And I think I got a hundo feel as well. My God. Yeah. A hundo feel. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> okay. And actually, now that I think about it, when we revisit Winter Holiday Part 2, we can talk about Hisuian Avalog Raid Day because that's where it was first like kind of nested. So let's get through all of the news. We're not going to rehash every single event because I already did that in the half episode. We are going to briefly go over them, though, to get Kyle up to speed uh, and see where he's at. So the first thing actually isn't even an event. It's a feature, so to speak. The Vivian debut in Pokemon Go. Uh, Kyle, if you haven't had a chance to do anything with this yet, essentially Scatterbug and his family line came out and go. There's 18 of the 20 designs available. You can get these Scatterbug and their different designs by pinning postcards from other people's regions to your scrapbook or your postcard book in such a number that you then get an encounter. So have you had any chance to mess with this yet? Have you gotten any Scatterbugs or... Have you gotten a Vivillion or a Vivillon, as we've recently learned how to say? No. Uh, yes and no. I, I have done a couple. I have Scatterbugs. I don't have any Vivillon. This is a really good way to debut this. Like, this is probably the best Pokemon debut since they finally did Smeargle. Oh, yeah. And and that's kind of about it. I personally have no desire to catch and evolve all 18 Vivian. So there's that. I'm going to get the one. And that's that's probably about it. Not going to lie. But it is a great new collection for people to work on. Okay. So not for you, but you're a fan of the feature. Yeah. I mean, it's it's great. I just don't care about catching a bunch of different forms. But the yeah, way it's introduced sure. is very good. It's it's the best way they probably could have done it in the game currently. I agree. And it isn't too slow or anything like that. I mean, we talked about this briefly in the half episode. But yeah, just pin and unpin those gifts. It's really not a big deal. Um, you don't have to have, have to have a lot of room in your postcard book left or open or fill it in order to really participate in the feature. Yes, yeah, it's just a great way of gamifying the postcard feature, which some people enjoyed at its base anyway. So brings more people into it great i agree 100 quick and easy that news item here's the next one january 2023 community day chess pin baby here are some highlights it's uh gonna be on saturday january 7th from 2 to 5 p.m local time frenzy plant's going to be the exclusive move that you evolve the way in all the way into chestnut the special bonuses outside of the regular ones we've come to expect are 
two times candy for catching two times chance for trainers level 31 and up to receive candy XL from catching and quarter egg hatch distance. And that's pretty much it in a nutshell. There's the research, there's the stickers, there's the usual fare incense, you know, and lures last for three hours, you know, the drill, but there's that notably Kyle, the return of a starter Pokemon in community days that aren't, you know, classics, classics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's honestly, that's probably the positive takeaway I have when they announced it. it. It's a starter. That's exciting. Mostly because it means maybe we can go forward with some starters actually this year. Hopefully. <laughs> I personally don't care for Chespin, even though that is the starter I took in that generation. It was the only time I regretted that choice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the first time I ever boxed a starter and didn't Ooh. use it for my playthrough. Ooh, yeah it got to that chestnut and i'm like and you're gone and that's a no for me yeah i'm not a big fan either but what about the shiny it's pretty rad uh it is a good shiny it, it becomes like dark brown right yeah it's Instead like a burnt the light, orange the red brownish yeah. yeah it's a it's a good shiny and quarter hatch distance could not care less at all so that's not gonna get me out to play oh that's my siren song you can catch oh, me out God. there and that's that's kind of about it. I don't have a lot of thoughts. I'm excited because it means we'll finally get shiny Froakie eventually. I mean, we knew that was going to happen. We just didn't know when. Yeah, and but now like, we're starting to get like you know some parameters. This, this looks like it might happen in 2023. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Unless we only start seeing you know like one starter a year in That'd January, and that's pretty bad. <laughs> Could you bad. imagine the pattern? Hey, you can't disprove that pattern yet. And every even year is a rerun of Pikachu from now on. That's right. In a brand new hat. That knows surf. That knows surf and fly. Yep. First Pokemon to be caught with two charge moves. <laughs> Perfect. Out the box. Yep. All right. So there's that. Community Day, chess spin. It's going to be wild. Be there or be not there, I suppose. Yep. Winter Holiday Part 2. Here's our third piece of news, Mr. Kyle. When does this happen? It's already happening. Haven't you heard? Yeah, it's live already. It's ending on the 31st at 8 p.m. local time. We saw the addition of an Eevee wearing a holiday hat, and therefore all of the subsequent evolutions also having that hat. I am proud to say, Mr. Kyle, that I am the proud owner of a shiny Eevee with the new holiday hat. Yep. What's it going to be evolved into? I have no clue, and don't make me think about it. It'll probably just stay there. (laughs) Never evolved. Got it. That's right. Okay, but that's not the only debut, Mr. Kyle. We've now gone back. No bear tick left behind. We got that bear tick. He's wearing a holiday ribbon. If you have a cub chew from a previous year, last year more specifically, you can evolve it now. You could not before. Now, Kyle. I'm also happy to say that I am the proud owner of a shiny cub chew with a holiday ribbon fresh (laughs) this year. (laughs) So uh, I'm excited to also not evolve that because why would I do that? I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy and excited that we're able to evolve the bear tick, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Not me personally. No, there's also a timed research. This one is notable because it's both free and it also branches So trainers can choose one of three bonuses for the event. There's a Stardust one. There's an XP-focused one and an egg-hatching one. 
uh, one guess for which one I chose. Oh, it was egg hatching. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and then you got like one page of a bunch of tasks that fit that particular type of thing that you chose to do. Um, so I was, you know, hatching a few eggs and basic tasks. It was it was cool. I didn't mind it. Kyle, did you get a chance to do that or no? Uh, no, I, I I've done like the first page or the first couple of pages, but I have not finished it yet. But you chose your bonus and everything. Uh, no. Oh, then you probably have not done this yet. Then I'm on the first. No, I'm on the. I swear this is the second page, but maybe not. There is two timed research on my today page, so it is confusing. Yes. Yes, sir. If you have not finished the one that ends on the 31st, this one is different. I have two that end on the 31st. Yeah. There's the one that you bought and the one that's free. Yes. So I haven't finished either of them. I suppose. Yeah, yes. Okay. So here's here's the thing. It was like an event within an event. Now, this is over. We're just going to talk about it for the sake of discussing it. Winter Wonderland. This happened on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. It's over now. There was a collection challenge. And on Christmas Eve, there was Hisuian Avalog Raid Day. Now, there was also this thing about lucky trades. Oh, that people oh, were really confused about it didn't make a lot of sense With and so reason. i've I copy and pasted all of the verbiage here from the original article and we're gonna have kyle step us through this because he was he was actually looking and reading all of the confusion online and i'm just sort of like experiencing this secondhand you know so the details as written in the blog said a lucky exchange. The number of guaranteed lucky Pokemon a trainer can receive in a trade has been increased from 10 to 15. And starting Saturday, December 24th, 2022 at 10 a.m. local time. If you trade a Pokemon that has spent time in a trainer's Pokemon storage since 2017, it is guaranteed to become a lucky Pokemon until the limit is reached. This change is permanent and will stay active going forward. Boy, did this cause a lot of confusion. Yeah, yeah. And for some good reason, because when you read this, when you hear this, especially with the verbiage, you think, hey, everybody gets five guaranteed lucky trades if the Pokemon traded, at least one of them, is from 2017. That does not work. That is not how it works. I don't have the exact details because I was also very confused. Someone did a write-up on r slash the Silk Road. I read it and my eyes apparently glazed over because I couldn't even take it in. <laughs> so I think the main pivotal thing here is that the when they say the guaranteed lucky Pokemon a trainer can receive in a trade has been increased from 10 to 15. Now, some people would interpret that as a lot of us probably would. I think I kind of did even subconsciously is that if in you think it's in a scenario where you are triggering one where it is guaranteed, then it's 10 to 15. But that's not the case. That's if you have had 10 or more than 15 lucky trades ever total zip. That's it. If you've ever had more than 15 lucky trades, this will not work. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly where the confusion is because yeah. people initially thought that it would be five more guaranteed starting timer from now, not from the start of introducing trading, for example, which is what it actually uses. And I think that's a fair assumption to make. Oh, yeah. But 
it also makes sense the way that it currently works. Like they both have a valid argument. This could have been clarified with better <laughs> explanations in the blog. Yeah, it just it comes down to communication again. They they don't have people read this that don't talk the lingo. You know, they they for for how that's going to come across. The optics of these things just aren't tested, I don't think. I don't know. This just happens too too consistently and too frequently to be an honest mistake, you know? They just need to Yeah, this I don't know. This one was kind of weird cuz it's just unfortunate. I'm happy they're talking about it. I'm really happy they're talking about it because before it was rather vague as to what to expect from the guaranteed lucky stuff and how they worked, et cetera, et cetera. And this uses specific numbers, specific dates, you know, that's yeah. good. What isn't good is not clearly explaining beyond that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it works. Yeah. The game clearly keeps track of how many lucky trades you've done. Mm-hmm. So why can't we know that? If we could have seen a counter for how many lucky trades we have done and have that counter include guaranteed lucky trades, you you would have been done here. There wouldn't have been any confusion. Yeah, there should just be that on your trainer profile, like all the other stuff, like total Pokemon caught. Why is that such a big headliner? Put put lucky Pokemon on there. Put shiny Pokemon yeah. on there. Have a, the badge. <laughs> yeah. have a badge. Have a badge for lucky Pokemon. Yeah. Like yeah. people want to grind it, let them. And that that's it, you know. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it just really trips some people up. And unfortunately, some people might have, you know, quote unquote, wasted some Pokemon from 2017 that they were saving uh, for maybe a future time. Who knows? But there's that. Okay, so Hisui and Avalog Raid Day. It happened on Christmas Eve. Now, Kyle, the reported rates, shining rates were one in 10 or something like that. Yeah. How many raids did you manage to do and how many shines did you walk away with? <laughs> so I forgot this was happening completely uh-huh. forgot uh-huh. until I started getting invites from the other side of the world the night before. Nice. Uh, I did two raids and the second one was shiny. Woo! And so I stopped. Boris, I would have I'm kept... so sorry that you had to hear that. <laughs> I would have kept doing raids until I got the shiny because people were sending me enough. But no, I was not going to do raids if I didn't need the shiny. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. I always tell myself that I'm going to do, oh, yeah, I'll do a few or whatever. And then maybe oh, I'll do no. like 10 or 20 or something like that. I'll get my shiny or two and then I'll walk yeah. away. But no, no. Just like Hisui and Braviary, which made more sense because I love Hisui and Braviary. But this Pokemon, I just kind of like. I don't love Hisui and Abelug. It's just all right. And yet I still continued to then do... 56 of them oh my god five of them were shiny um so i was pretty close to the pocket of rates i actually was at 51 with six shinies before i did like the last five and they were all duds and i was like maybe i'm done maybe i don't push for 60 at this point (laughs) but thank you so much to everybody that sent me invites there were so many of you from all different type time zones and all over the place uh and thank you very much for all the invites you're you're wonderful and stop Stop enabling me. Also, thank you for <laughs> enabling me. <laughs> oh, the raid invites on a raid day are real bad. <laughs> it's fun. It's they need time. to do a raid day that everyone actually wants to do because they'll just rake in the money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
it, yeah, it's always interesting to see people like, especially on Twitter. Cause I have a curated Twitter following now because I follow a lot of other Pokemon go players and people that are at events and things. So it's a lot of people that play a lot. And some of them are like, yeah, I did a hundred raids and <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh no. I mean, I'm, only halfway there and i feel like it was too much but yeah (laughs) last thing really quick kyle for this holiday part two and this is sort of like burying the lead big time here but curum is in five star raids but not only that it knows its signature move glaciate which is actually really good kyle yes in pvp oh uh, only in pvp it's not good in pve huh i mean stat wise it is but Kiram doesn't know an ice fast move. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, like, not good. <laughs> Kiram, now, I have read that apparently with Glaciate, it really, really does well in higher tier leagues, yeah, Ultra and Master. Yeah. But in terms of PvE, not not good. <laughs> Well, that's a bummer. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it's still exciting. We like seeing those signature moves. It's great. Yahoo. I'm I'm <laughs> waiting for when they figure out how in the world they're going to do Kieran White and Kieran Black, because they also yeah. they have to be rated and then they have to come back because they also each have a signature move that is different from Kieran and different from Zekrom and Reshram's signature moves. Yeah, and it can't be like a form because it can't like like learn the new move when it changes it would have to have it right so mm-hmm. it's got to be a separate pokemon mm. yep and uh their stats are very good so they, oh they could potentially boy. be very good oh boy oh boy well we have another instance of this coming up in our last little thing here <laughs> we're revisiting uh the last piece of news which is new year's 2023 the event this is actually yet to happen. So this is technically our only official piece of news. If you want to be like that. And I do. <laughs> All right. When is this happening? Saturday, December 31st at 8 PM to Wednesday, January 4th at 8 PM local time. We have a whole five days with this event. Yahoo. We're going to be seeing a Pikachu wearing a party top hat. It's a new hat. Pikachu who would have guessed. Knockdowl wearing a New Year's outfit. This is the same similar outfit that Hoot Hoot got last year, except now it can evolve. Pretty similar to the style in which they added Bear Tick's evolution or Cub Chew's evolution, Bear Tick, with its seasonal outfit as well. There's a new avatar item in Pose. You get like a popper. It's cool. It's neat. Yahoo. And then the, the same hat that Pikachu's wearing, but you also get little Pikachu ears at its ears. Very cute. Party hat Warple is going to be in the wild. Stop what you're doing. Write that down. Make sure you catch every single one that you see. Tell your sister. Tell your brother. Tell your parents. Tell your your other siblings across the world that you don't talk to anymore. Tell everybody that will listen. Party Hat Warple is back. This is more important than the McRib. Okay? More what important. if you already have a shiny? Uh, that doesn't matter. Okay. You, you, you could use two. You really could. The seven kilometer egg pool are all babies all the time, baby. Let's go. I'm going to hatch a a handful. We'll see how it goes. One star raids have the Kanto starters with party hats, Pikachu with the party top hat and the hoot hoot wearing a New Year's outfit. Uh, There's also tier three raids with 
the Nidorino and the Gengar with the party hats and stuff. But the Kanto starters are really notable, I feel, for a lot of people. So there they are. Uh, there's two bonuses going on for this event. There's half egg hatch distance and quarter egg hatch distance for the first three eggs incubated by using the widget. We'll see how it goes this time. Hopefully it's more clear, but I doubt it will be. <laughs> and the last thing to mention is, like I was teasing with Kiram and Glaciate, we're getting Reshiram in five-star rates, and it's going to know Fusion Flare, which is also good, I believe. Tell me I'm wrong. Please don't tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I haven't seen the numbers on it, if there has been any discussion. It's similar to Glaciate. I, I mean, I hope it's good. So we'll go with that. Great. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I hope it's good too, man. We'll find the details out (laughs) when I don't have to dig through like a week's worth of posts on the Silk Road. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are, it does 140 in, in gyms and raids and, uh, 90, something like that, I think. Yeah. So if Glaciate was good, Fusion Flare is also good. Uh, that's not how that works, but yes, because Glaciate's actually 160. So it's oh, technically even better, but because of the because of the energy disparity and also like fusion flare could take three seconds to fire one off, it could become worse and all that garbage. <laughs> we'll so have to wait. We'll have I to wait. like Rush Ram. I hope the the move is good. Hopefully I'll do more of those raids. <laughs> all right. We'll see I'll see you there. Kyle, okay. I'll see you in those lobbies, okay? Great. All right, and that does it for the news this week. All righty, Rue. We're going to skip gear up this week, and we're going to go right into the Pokalore. And this week for Pokalore, we're going to be covering, as promised, I think I promised this. If I didn't, I, I should have. Bergmite, the Ice Chunk Pokemon, and Avalug, the Iceberg Pokemon. If we've done this before, we're circling back because Sui and Avalug is pretty awesome. So it bears repeating. Bergmite up first. Bergmart. Berg, I do this all Bergmart. the time. Bergmart. Bergmart. Bergmite. Ugh. Bergmite can create cold air, which is used to repair cracks in its icy coating. This air reaches temperatures as close as cold as negative 150 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 100 degrees Celsius, and can be used to freeze enemies. Bergmite lives in herds on snowy mountaintops and can sometimes be found huddled on the back of an avalug freezing itself in place as the Avalug carries it to new habitats. Bergmite quarrels with Frigibax whenever they encounter each other. Frigibax is the pseudo-legendary. It's like the Larvitar of Paldea. Uh, If you're not familiar, you will be soon enough. Up next is Avalug. Avalug's body is hard as steel, which allows it to crush anything in its way. It has been known to allow Bergmite to huddle on top of its back, which causes it to resemble an aircraft carrier. So cute. Avalug carries the Bergmite on its back across oceans and to new habitats. During the day, the cracks in Avalug's body deepen. They return to normal overnight. It lives in high altitudes and coexists with Cititan, another Paldean Pokemon, by the way. His Suian Avalug is noticeably smaller than its Colossian counterpart, weighing only half as much. Its entire body is made of brownstone, whilst its top, along with its head, are covered in a layer of solid ice. The head of a Suian Avalug is larger compared to Colossian Avalug, and has two large gray tusk-like plates on its lower jaw. 
These armored plates are stronger than steel and allow Hisuian Avalog <laughs> to break through boulders easily and shovel through deep snow. Hisuian Avalog leaves in steep mountains and are known to be rather docile. That doesn't sound like a docile Pokemon to me. Aye. A special Hisuian Avalog is worshipped by the Hisui people due to it being one of the ten ancient Pokemon who received a blessing from Arceus. It is one of the noble Pokemon who resides in Alabaster Iceland's watched by a warden. This Hisuian Avalog is much larger than others of its species, being similar to Dynamaxed Pokemon in size. This is so much like cross-referential stuff between the games. It's pretty nuts. All right, stats. Max CP at 40 is 34.57. At 50 is 39.09. Uh, didn't quite break the four, but doing okay. 216 stamina, 238 defense, and 214 attack. Pretty decent stats, but not enough to be truly, truly remarkable. Best move set: Powder Snow with Blizzard and Rock Slide. Yeah, it doesn't have a rock fast move, so you can't do this, the double stab on that. So you really kind of have to lead with the double stab on ice and then just throw in the rock slide for flavor. Thoughts, feelings? I think my favorite part of the whole thing is that in the the Pokalore entry here, it uses steel to describe it on two separate occasions being hard as steel and also stronger than steel for Hisuian Avalog's armor plates. Yeah. The Hisuian Avalog is four times weak to steel. <laughs> but it's harder than steel. <laughs> and I just, I can't. It's, it's, you know, it's allergies, literally allergies are a difficult thing to deal with okay even Kyle. regular avalog is weak to steel so it's just it's Look. just very funny that it's like it's hard as steel despite ice having the worst defensive typing in the game i know some people that could clearly cleave a craft single in twain with their bare hands and yet it would kill them if they consumed it <laughs> this you is know? true but no avalog is not eating the steel no it's <laughs> be could be be face tank it you're kind of you're kind of eating it right that's fine oh, God. <laughs> all right but that's pokalore for this week we hope that you have been enjoying uh you know drowning in iceberg pokemon there's bergmite everywhere and that shiny yet eludes me and i think most people i know dang <laughs> okay there's that so we're going to go into the pokepole now So last week's Pokepole question, or rather two weeks ago, how do you feel about Niantic making changes to pre-existing annual events? Do you think exploring these changes are good or bad for the overall game? Our first response is from Neek via text. They said, my answer to this week's Pokepole is, I do think it is nice for them to change up the seasonal events. It keeps the game fresh and makes it feel special. But if they change it up so much, it feels like it got worse, then they should just keep the event the same. Hard to argue. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, change is good, but too much change is scary. I mean, actually, a little bit of change is scary, too. So, yeah, it also depends on the nature of the change. A little change can also just be bad. Yeah, this is also true. Yeah. Next response is from Modders, and he said, hello, gents. Generally change or should I say evolution, is a good thing, but not solely for the sake of it or to hit a trainer in the pocket. 
Oof. Personally, not only are the current edits to events, features, and items that weren't broken in the first place, such as the lack of Spirit Tomb for Halloween, Go Tours, and dare I mention the in-game boxes, no. are at best puzzling and at worst a devious money grab. As my good lady constantly encourages me, do better, try harder, Niantic. As ever, loving your work. Cheers, chaps. This is a good point. Change should have a defined goal. What were you hoping to produce with your change? Yeah, I think these changes have a goal. That goal yeah. just doesn't necessarily align with our interests. Well, as but if you can identify the goal, you can also work to identify whether it was good or bad. So, In theory. When you, when you can't even identify what their goal was, then you have a big problem. Yeah, I'm just let me just think if I can pull an example. Oh, that's right. Remote raid passes, stack of three in a box. Look, yeah, it that, ma- that sounds like, like that. Fits. It made sense. It didn't two years ago. No, it made sense two years ago when they didn't know what the future of the game looked like. Oh, but sure. now that we're so solidified. It doesn't make any sense at all. No, yeah. As of like two months ago, we saw that happening. No, that does not make sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next response is from Nine Thistles, and they said, Hey, uh, GoCasters, in general, changes slash experiments with events with games like Go can be hit or miss. And lately, it feels like, like Niantic is only getting misses. A change should seek to improve the game in some way, not to take away something that already works. Why do we have to buy Spirit Tomb for Halloween? Yeah. And only one Spirit Tomb went. Or portend a negative trend, expiring bought research. What if your internet slash mobile data goes down for an entire day, like what happened to my town recently? Oh. Ooh. Well, Go will always have a pay-to-win aspect to it. Generally, it's not been heavy-handed, except when it is. (laughs) However, at the end of the day, it's just a game. I think we can all agree it will take something egregious to make us all stop playing. Reduce distance, anyone? So even if we don't like the current trends, we'll still find something to enjoy about the game. This brings up a good point. Nine Thistles is a good point. Yeah, I think the closest that this game was to really breaking, like like truly breaking, was the spin distance before they reverted it. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird and because we've had like a lot of like micro fires and like strange like, oh, we got to buy another ticket that feels bad. Like, let's not forget the perspective we had much earlier, which was that spin distance thing brought us all together and they they listened. So there was something very different about that that we aren't doing with the boxes or, you know, I think so. so there's something very interesting about that idea about how that was almost a turning point in terms of where the game could have gone for a future yeah we were very united on that front from everything we could see pokemon go has like 30 million global players that we know about we know a sample of maybe like what half a percent yeah even if they'd gone through with that i'm i'm pretty sure the game would probably still have made a billion dollars that year i i agree and i think so when that happens right you have to step back and ask, what is the difference, right? What's the difference between, let's just make it really simple. What's the difference between all of us being upset that that the spin distance was reduced compared to 
us all being united and upset that the boxes are absolute garbage value, right? Let's just say there, what's the difference? The difference is that Niantic only cares about optics around accessibility when it has to do with physical accessibility and not economic accessibility, which in, in a capitalist framework is completely fine, technically so. But that is really kind of how it is. Like, they don't want the average trainer to get a good deal anymore. They want the people that are spending money to spend the money because they know they're going to spend more anyway, right? I, I don't know. It, this, that just really brought a sense of perspective to me for a second. Yeah. I forgot all about where we were earlier this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. It's it's easy, I think, to overcome potential financial strife by just saying deal with it yeah oh you can't afford it don't buy it stop buying the avocado toast like that sort of stuff yeah but like when it becomes a a physical aspect it it becomes different it brings it into like the public social sphere a lot more right and and also it was at odds with their core with their core stuff right of exercise exploration like they weren't enabling people or pushing people to explore more they were restricting people from being able to explore the other app right so very different from the box i suppose in that way as well all right we're going to move on though to our last response and it's from maxotron they said to answer the poke poll about change i understand that events need to adapt and change as new features and pokemon are added to the game most of the changes i've seen have either been to add a research aspect to an already pretty good event or adding a paid element which ideally enhances rewards or the experience of the event. I know I shouldn't set expectations for things I can't control, but as an example, the annual regional tours have been pretty good. It's fine that they were ticketed for a better experience while still leaving something for free-to-play players to do for fun, but I don't know why they've shifted targets for the Hoenn tour. I'm expecting that we'll get more details for the global tour as we get closer to it, and that it will be better than it is being described right now. They still have to make another announcement to flesh out the Las Vegas event anyways, so I hope the global event gets more details as well. As for the paid time research events, they seem silly to me, mostly the ones that are very low-key and not as much of a spectacle as something like GoTour. I feel like if I paid for an arbitrary research line, I should be able to keep it even if an arbitrary construct such as time has expired. But as I muse over this concept and twirl my philosopher's whiskers, do we really own anything in this game? Oh, man. I, oh, no. <laughs> Let's finish reading. Hang on. I can't hand over ownership to any other player, any item or Pokemon I have. I can't redeem those same things for actual money either without breaking TOS. Tis all in vain. I own a sentimental feeling towards a region, a Pokemon, a playstyle, a story, but none of these, none of those things are mine. So what does it matter when it goes away? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, the the short and sweet philosophical answer is that affectation it has its own inherent value. So there's that. But you are correct. We don't own anything. That's and it. in, That's in it. terms That's of it. all video games in the modern era, you don't own anything. <laughs> and it's kind of a problem. We, we do talk about it every once in a while. Maybe not us personally, but the gaming communities as a whole. It's a whole problem with like boot boxes and stuff like that. It's. It, I, I miss owning the physical copies for games, man. <laughs> I go just, out of my way to buy them when I can, but yeah, 
Kids these days won't remember, Kyle, when there was a couple of E3s in a row when all of the main console people were moving away from being able to physically share your disc and being (laughs) hard locked to a console and the infighting and the jokes and the, the backlash that people were like, oh, I can't hand my friend my Halo 2 disc to play anymore. Like... Oh, man. Do you remember that there was a really short time period where your game came with a code in order to play the multiplayer? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was wild. Do you remember that year that they announced? Was it the PS3? I think it was the PS3. And they went up after Microsoft did that whole stand. And they were talking about uh, DRM and stuff like that, right? And then Sony goes up there and they're like, on the PS3, let me demonstrate how easy it's going to be for you to share your games <laughs> with your friends. He turns to the guy next to him on stage, just hands in the case. Like <laughs> that was for the PS4. So for the PS4, still, PS4 still really good. And that just to bear in mind, the PS4 was like a decade ago. Yeah, yeah so like time has been a long time. Oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> I haven't thought about that forever. Speaking of turning points, that could have been very different for gaming in general. Wow. Uh, well, gaming has has a long way to go. Sure does. Sure does. But for us, we're on this week's Pokepole, and that is, what is your one wish for Pokemon Go in 2023? A feature? A debut? Anything goes. And I would challenge you to not just say Kecleon. We're all waiting for Kecleon. <laughs> all of us. Also, it's it's almost it's almost a guarantee. So that's not fair. You gotta you gotta shoot for the moon. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I've got I've got two answers, so you can go first. <laughs> You've got two. No, give give me one of your answers first. All right. Well, then I'll give you a Pokemon debut because I really want to see Aegislash debut this year in a somewhat obtainable way. <laughs> okay. Okay. I want. Paldean Wooper to debut in Pokemon Go so stinking badly. Okay, you got chance. You got chance. I, I, Can I, it I learn Mudshot and Mudbomb? Can it be a Mud Boy? I think no. It can't be a Mud Boy because it's not water ground. It's just ground. Yeah, but like well, ground poison. The, you know, the, I mean? the move set matters. I, I think it can. I think it can be a, okay. a Mud Boy. Okay. Maybe. But without the grass weakness, we love it. Yeah. <laughs> My other wish is for a feature, and I want to see a revamp for the gift system in 2023. Oh, boy. I, I said you got to aim high. I That's don't care true. what it looks like. Just revamp it. Revamp the friends list. Revamp the, the gift system. Anything could be better than what we currently have. Put two interns in a room for six hours and have them brainstorm, and you would have a better system than we currently do. <laughs> Maybe, or maybe the system is built in such a way that it's perfect for their for their reasons. Then they need to fix their spaghetti code that has not worked since 2015. I think we can all agree there. Can agree there. But since you mentioned a feature, I'm also going to sneak one in. Root maker. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. All right, we're done. If you, dear listener, have an answer to this week's Pokeball <sighs> question. Which is, what is your one wish for Pokemon Go in 2023? A feature, a debut, anything goes. You can answer that question when we post it on Twitter at GoCastPodcast. If you're a patron of ours, we have a patron channel uh, in the Discord, just completely dedicated to answers, so you can post your answer there. You can answer the question on the Q&A section on the Spotify app on mobile. If you're listening to the episode there, we'll post the 
Q&A question. You can also leave us a voicemail with your answer by calling 262-586-7717. Or finally, the old-fashioned way, Old Faithful. Send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Before we get to anything else relating to emails, voicemails, other such communication, we're going to pass on over to Fish and DeFi-E, who this week are going to be covering, uh, you know, kind of like a recap on the current cup stuff and how the Pokemon events are going. Arlington uh, Regionals just wrapped up, so we're going to talk all about that good stuff and more as always. Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi 250 And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that is really looking forward to getting Frenzy Plant. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, it's been a couple weeks since we've chatted. How are you doing in Go Battle League? I, for one, am not doing the greatest. I hit ace rank, so I've been doing my battles, but just really been spinning my wheels in the Holiday Cup in Great League. Like, I'll do really well one day and then just get a bunch of one fours the next so yep. it's just roller coastering, spinning my wheels, not really going anywhere. I'm hoping that a different meta uh, will maybe help shake things up for me. I have look overall okay. I was for most of this this month, I've been kind of fluctuating between like a really tight elo band of like twenty two fifty to like twenty three twenty. So like I just keep getting. A four one, then a one four, and then a five zero, oh, and then a oh, five. <laughs> but then I came across a Great League Holiday Cup team, which I have really, really been liking. One of the viewers of one of my live streams gave me the idea of running Haunter, which we decided to run Ice Punch and Sludge Bomb as the two moves on that. And then I put with it, I put it in the front, and in the back, I put two grass type pokemon in shadow abomasnow and credilly credilly actually surprisingly good safe swap because you know it gets it uh, it's so tanky that it can take a lot of those counters from a vigoroth and an obstagoon if they try and swap that in and they both faint to two grass knots so if you can get that second grass knot off which most of the time you can then you at least get a shield out of them so I've been really enjoying that. And then Haunter with that combination of moves, just, just you know, you get a shield advantage out of it, you know, get it, give it some energy lead and you will close out some battles. So I've been really liking that. And I got up to, I peaked at 24.94, so almost a veteran. But uh, now I've dropped back like 30 points from there. All right, we'll, we'll both make it farther yeah. eventually. Just, yeah. It's a marathon. Well, let- It's a marathon, and let's go get into that next lap of the marathon, which is going to be Open Master League or Holiday Cup Ultra League Edition. Open Master League is just like what it sounds. Anything goes. You're going to want to have your Pokemon fully maxed out to level 50 with all that XL candy. Generally, in the Open Master League, Dragonite, Lugia, great choices, Giratina, Altered, so the Giratina. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrim has its new move of Glaciate, which is available in the event that's going on right now. You can also Elite TM to it. Zacian is really good as well. So lots of different choices. Many people have a Mewtwo maxed out to level 50. That would be a solid choice. So lots of different choices for Master League. But I want to dig into the new meta, which is going to be the Ultra League edition of the Holiday Cup. 
So when we dig into that and we take a look at what that entails, that is only normal grass, electric, ice flying, and ghost type Pokemon, exactly the same as it is in Great League. But you're going to see quite a few different Pokemon because we're in the Ultra League now. Your PV Poke Top 10 is going to be Aurorus, Giratina, also known as Giratina Altered, Regiice, Obstagoon, Kyrim, Piloswine, Dubwool, Shadow Abomasnow, Shadow Alolan Sandslash, and Shadow Magneton. And Fish, I know you did a massive stream with Lyles, Jeff, really digging into the Holiday Cup. What are some discoveries you made? There were four Pokemon that we decided I think would will control the meta, and they are three of those top four in Aurorus, Giratina, Altered, and Obstagoon, but also further down outside of this top ten, Virizion with Double Kick, Sacred Sword, and PV Poke says Leaf Blade, but we actually think Stone Edge might be better. Yeah, I think your team needs to have like two of those three at least. Um, like, yeah, you can expand outside. You've got things like Alolan Ninetales is a pretty nice lower ranked pick. You've got your Charizard is there, your your Talonflame as well. So they are all good picks, but we think, yeah, those four will be the top of the meta. Anything else that you picked up from that stream? I know I dropped in for a little bit towards the end, so I think you had already made most of your Mm-hmm. done a lot of your deep diving talked a little bit about articuno i think yeah articuno surprisingly good again another lower ranked pick that's uh, i think is going to perform a little bit better than what you'd expect it to because with the ancient power and it getting to there relatively quickly it can actually do plenty of work against charizard and talonflame which you would expect, like, if you switch in your Articuno and they've got uh, Charizard on their team, you would expect them to bring that in to counter it. Suddenly, you know, they're just, they're realizing, wait, this isn't as good a matchup as I thought it was, and you're regaining switch advantage there. So that's worth considering. Uh, one more thing was Magneton. Shadow Magneton is actually the highest-ranked electric type in this cup with its combination of Magnet Bomb and discharge aurora's up the top of the rankings is double weak to steel type with its rock and ice typing so a magnet bomb will one hit ko an aurora's and it gets there in 10 turns with thundershock so that is crazy crazy fast yeah five seconds every five seconds i want to throw a charge that's not too bad All right, that'll go from December 29th to January 5th. After that, we will have only Master League, and you have two choices, the Open Master League again or Master League Premier Classic. When we take a look at Master League Premier Classic, this is where you can't have any legendary Pokemon, mythical Pokemon, and Ultra Beasts, none of those. Top 10 for Master League Premier Classic, we have Florges, which I still need to build. I need a hundo. I don't have one, and it makes me sad. We have Dragonite, both the Shadow and the regular version. Gyarados, both the Shadow and the regular version, as well as Snorlax, you know, Shadow and regular, like you do. Then you have Ursaluna, Garchomp, Togekiss, Metagross, Mamoswine, Chestnut, and then Shadow Machamp. Mamoswine, you can also run the Shadow version as well. Does pretty well. But the regular version actually has quite a few more wins. 
Chestnut also is being put in here with its community day move of Frenzy Plant, ranking number 12, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, very cool. I'm excited to see Chestnut make some moves. Um, it's that and Primarina are the two Pokemon that I'm really excited to get their starter com day moves. Yeah. Uh, Chestnut is going to be really good. It picks up wins against things like Excadrill, Snorlax, Gyarados, Garchomp. Still going to lose to something like a Dragonite. It's a fighting type, so you're going to lose against Togekiss. But has some pretty good play. Go- gets pretty close with a Machamp. And then to round off this part of the segment, we've got January 12 to 19, Open Great League, Open Ultra League, and Open Master League. All three leagues are available. Don't forget there is Go Battle Weekend happening on January 14 to 15. There are the standard bonuses of the Go Battle Days in effect and also a timed research line. Then a couple other events we have going on. We have Chespin Community Day. That's going to happen on January 7th from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. Chespin will get Frenzy Plant like we mentioned earlier. So be sure to pick one up. Power it up for Master League Classic. So this is a strict upgrade for Chespin. It is 10 less energy than Energy Ball and still does more damage. So I think we're going to see a lot more of Chespin in limited metas. Uh, so perhaps a self meta or a limited go battle league meta just because of all the ice and flying types that are around. I also want to point out that uh, I, I uh, had a learning moment when it came to this Pokemon because I just did a few, you know, cheeky Sims on PV poke when this was first announced. And I went into the pallet town PVP discord server and was like, um, actually it's saying here that it's not, that much of an improvement like you're still dropping just as many matchups as you're gaining with energy ball like yeah i think it's just like a pretty even matchup and and uh, someone in the server had to tell me look at the sims closer like look at what's happening they're they're throwing weird moves when they shouldn't be like like these matchups are ones where you just default to superpower anyway like and, and i had to look into it and go Nope, you you're exactly right. <laughs> this is this is actually a strict upgrade in every way. Yeah, and that's really important. We're not the know-all be-all experts of things. We have to look things up too and look at Sims and so that's good. Lots yeah. of things we can learn too. We are always learning. All right, let's learn about Reshiram a little bit. Fusion Flare Reshiram is going to come out during the New Year's event. That's going to start December 31st at 8 p.m. through January 4th at 8 p.m. And Fusion Flare is going to be a move with 45 energy and 90 damage. It's basically Avalanche. Basically Mm. Avalanche. Yep. Uh, Overheat is more energy, but also more powerful. So that might be a move that you might consider instead of running. I believe that's in Reshiram's standard moveset now. Reshiram is currently 18th in the Master League and recommending this new move of Fusion Flare. Only 9 Fire Fangs to get there as opposed to 11 for Overheat. So something to consider. It's a little less, this move is a little less damage than Overheat. Um, also, Overheat debuffs your attack by two stages. I don't believe Fusion Flare does. So it doesn't have that downside. So it's really dealer's choice with that one. Do you want more consistency or do you want kind of high risk, high reward play? Let's check in with the Sylph Arena. We have been very quiet on the Sylph Arena for a long time, but we have this first wave that's been announced that we're going to be digging into. Remember, your waves are two months long. 
And in the first wave, we are going to have the Ember Cup. Ember Cup is a Sylph Arena meta that has been there before. But just to recap on the Ember Cup, this is you're building a team with Electric Fire, Grass, and Ground Typing. Also, Alolan Muk, Hisuian Quillfish, Honchkrow, Machamp, Malamar, Polarath, Primate, and Surfetched. And there are a lot of bans like Dragon Rock and Steel. Your Mud Boys are banned. Mega's Shadows also banned. And then a couple individual Pokemon, Obama, Snow Diggers, B-Dug Trio, Lantern, Nidoqueen, Ninetales, Pachirisu, Salazzle, Stunfisk, and Whimsicott also banned. I know Pallet Town PvP did a breakdown of the Ember Cup earlier when it was first announced to be used in the factions setup. The new meta that was announced is called the Nyad Cup. The Nyad Cup, did you do a video for this as well, Fish, already? No, we haven't done a Nyad Cup video. We'll do that closer to February. So um, we'll give you more information on this podcast as well once we have done that. Yeah, but just really briefly, it's a team of Waterbug, Psychic, and Dragon. Also, Snorlax, Greedon, and Miltank are allowed. But core types, Water, Bug, Psychic, Dragon. Lots of bands. Anything Rock, Dark, or Fairy is banned. And then there are some individual bands like Metajam, Chrysalia, Galarian, Articuno. Still don't have any of those birds. Yep, same here. It makes me sad. Because I use my daily incense regularly. I've seen many of them. I wish there was a tracker in game so I could know how many I've seen. But none caught. Uh, Also, Lantern, Toxapex, Araquanid, and Fortress also not allowed, but we'll be diving more into that when it gets closer to February, when that meta is closer approaching. In addition, you can also play the Weather Cup between January 16th and 29th, and the Hoenn Cup from February 17th to the 28th. You can also do ranked play in Open Great League at any time. So you have lots of different tournament options available in the Sylph Arena, which is pretty cool. So... Really cool that you've got all this different optionality. You can really tailor your experience to whatever feels best for you. Then let's get into some play Pokemon. We haven't been on the podcast for a hot minute, but Arlington happened. I had a really good time casting that alongside Wholesome Underscore was my casting partner. And really good stream, had a really great time. Let's talk a little bit about the results from Arlington. Big shout out to stadiumgaming.gg, who does a really good job of compiling a lot of the information. Arlington Regional Championships took place in Arlington, Texas in the U.S. from December 17th and 18th. We had 100 battlers competing to be the regional champion. Some top Pokemon that you saw across the teams were Metacham, Noctowl, Galarian Stunfisk, and Lantern were all pretty much on every team, basically, (laughs) uh, were all over the place. But there were some other standout picks. Our winner, our Arlington Regional Champion, is Dunebug97, who had to beat Bebelicious in a bracket reset. So crazy, because... Earlier in the tournament, earlier in the top cut, Dunebug lost to Bebelicious and then came back and beat him in a very long series in the grand finals. So very, very good stuff. Dune also beat Rise to Occasion once he was dropped down into the losers finals uh, to become the grand champion. So really had to come back from behind. His team had Noctowl, Trevenant, Frostlass, Swampert, Obstagoon, and Registeel. 
Be Malicious, who was our second place, ran Double Flyer with Nox Howell and Altaria, as well as Trevenant, Lantern, Medicham, and Galarian Stunfisk. A couple other standout picks. I would say Arrow in the top four finish running a Dunsparce, which is a Dunsparce. I don't think you have to... Like, really taking after inadequance and playing it well to the top four, which was really cool. I feel vindicated every time someone does bring a Dunsparce into the top eight because, like, I've been, like, long-time listeners to this show will know that I've been preaching for a good fast move for Dunsparce for a long time and that it would become meta. And it's it's not become, like, core meta, but it's absolutely become a reasonable pick, which I, I love. Chemcoop ran Shadow Abana Snow, which we've been seeing a little bit more of in terms of just variety and ice types. I also really, because Bopper had one too in the top eight, as well as BDR. So three Shadow Abana Snows in the top eight, I thought was really impressive, as well as its Axon ran Shadow Walrein, which I thought Walrein had all but disappeared after its nerf, but seeing Axon finish in the top eight with a Shadow Walrein on his team. I think goes to show that it didn't really get that much worse. I've been saying that all along. Um, (laughs) So we have some events coming up, a lot of events coming up. San Diego in California is happening January 6th to 8th. But if you don't have a ticket to that, don't worry because it's sold out. 128 people are registered and will battle it out to be the San Diego champion. Liverpool in Britain is happening January the 21st. Registrations are open and they already have 130 for that one. That'll be huge. Orlando, Florida from February 3rd to 5th. Registration opens soon for that. Maybe it'll already be open by the time this podcast comes out. So be sure to follow Overload Events on Twitter for updates or check out rk9.gg. We've got Melbourne, Australia, the Oceanic Championships happening in February. Same with Knoxville, Tennessee, and Bochum in Germany. Both of those happening late February, and registration will be opening very soon. We also have a quick mailbag. Right before we recorded, we got this email (laughs) from Ted. Uh, Ted is emailing about the new Silph Arena format with the new way of ranking just to recap everybody on ranking before it used to be you get to pick which was your 10 times weighted tournament and then only 10 tournaments a month would count towards your ranking and they would go down in like the multiplier for it would go down the more tournaments you did this is different in the new format it's just your first 40 rounds of play So very different. It kind of, we talked about it last week. It's a bit of a ding to the people like Fish who play a ton of tournaments every month. It does help the overall populace in general. Uh, Just a bit of a ding to those people who like Fish who play quite a bit. I think it would even be, I think we discussed, it would be a bit of a ding to me. I play a little bit more than 40 rounds Mm. a month. I think we determined it was closer to 50 for me, Uh, but not nearly as many as you. And Ted has something to talk about because one thing about that tournament is your buy rounds don't count towards your 40. He writes, Hello, Fish and DeFi. I mostly like the new self format with just one asterisk. I don't like that buys are not counted. You do not have any control over getting a buy, and they're usually given to people who have zero wins in a round. So the way it now penalizes players who might be having a harder time with wins and puts them up against harder opponents with no benefit. 
from Ted, a.k.a. Arkham. Yeah, Ted, I could see how that could be really frustrating. Like you finally get a buy round, which would normally count towards a win and still counts as a win in a tournament. Uh, It doesn't count as a loss or anything generally. But in this new system for determining your rank, it counts against you. So I am glad it still counts to my understanding. It'll count as a win in the tournament overall, but just not as part of your 40 rounds. I like that it doesn't count against you. Like, I don't think a buy round should ever count against a player, uh, but I'm hearing that you're kind of frustrated that it doesn't benefit you. Yeah, and I think that is understandable that it shouldn't affect rank uh, because, like, you haven't actually battled against anyone. Like, rank is obviously very uh, heavily determined by the person you've just battled and what rank they are, and... uh, that will affect how high or low your gains are. So I do think it's understandable that if you haven't actually battled anyone, you can still get that win for the tournament. That's great. But then like your ranking should stay the same. But super appreciate uh, giving your input. We don't get a lot of these emails that just provide feedback to discussion topics on the show. So I really appreciate that and encourage other people to get on board. Yeah. We are always happy to hear more emails. We'll talk more about that at the very end. But yeah, give us your hot takes. You don't have to just hear our hot takes. My takes are usually lukewarm anyway. I want to hear y'all's hot takes. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> We're always so like really like measured. We're like, yeah, look, we understand. This is kind of where we'd lean. <laughs> we want some hot takes. We want some piping hot takes. Send them in, folks. <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into our shameless plugs. What's going on in Pallet Town Fish? Uh, so, yeah, just giving some updates on people who have hit achievements in Pallet Town. Dark Wraith, Lucky Dave, and Lily Bear all hit ace. In the Go-Kart server, we've had some achievements as well. Sasa Sarah, I believe is how it's pronounced, it got 1,000 Great League wins, and she was very happy about that. We have Matsu Flex, who hit veteran, and Jay Engineer. The absolute madman got to expert already, like very quickly. Dang. He got that. Yeah, he got it quickly enough that I, if we'd recorded last week, I could have mentioned it last week as well. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also going to appear on the Poker Battle Network with Sosa Flow this, oh, I believe it's Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So myself, him, and Final Boss AJ are going to be talking about Ember Cup and building some teams for that. So that'll probably happen before this podcast comes out, but the VOD will be there on Poker Battle Network 1 on Twitch. All right, for me, just continuing with my streaming going forward uh, on Twitch, also trying to post a little bit more to Instagram just in my stories trying to utilize something so we'll see what we decide to do with me in the new year but i'm on twitch currently streaming pokemon violet i've been having a lot of fun with the serebii terra crossword which is like 425 clues all about pokemon serebii joe is an evil genius (laughs) and (laughs) there's no chance i'm gonna finish it but i've been having fun clicking around and filling out the clues that i do know also yeah playing pokemon violet doing some go battle league and hoping to have get back into more of a schedule in the new year also on friday december 30th is going to be the hive holiday showcase through mazer gaming 
I'm going to be casting that with Kaiser, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, I believe that's how we're going to do it. And that's going to be a $1,000 Pokemon Go tournament. And there's also going to be some money raised for Zero Cancer, which is a cause that is near to my heart, uh, especially because Zero Cancer focuses in on uh, prostate cancer for men. So something, an important cause. So very good stuff. Be sure to check that out. Maybe win a little bit of money. That's going to be at around 5 o'clock p.m. Central on Friday. To close out, we love hearing your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct them to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Chris talks about each of these at the end of the show, so listen out to that in the show description. You can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to other projects and ways to get in touch. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you oh so much, Fish and DeFi-E, for yet another wonderful PvP Corner segment. The two of you are fantastic and hope you two have a good, good new year. I'll tell you as such on my own time, but just also on the show. For the record, let the record show. (laughs) All righty, it's time for the last section of the show, which bears no introduction, but we're going to give it one anyway. It's time for emails. Thank you, Kyle, and no voicemails this week. We're going to start with a couple of emails that we ran out of time a couple weeks ago uh, to answer, and then we've got some new ones. So this first one is from Guillermo. Hey, Chris and Kyle, I just want to say, Chris, did an excellent job of pronouncing my name. I'm impressed. I actually did it right the first time two weeks ago, and just now I'm going to edit it out, but it took me three tries. I got so (laughs) nervous now I'm thinking about it, but thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, About my goals, the Pokemon gods smiled at me. I managed to get to level 36. I did evolve my Phoebus due to Hoenn Raid Day, and I caught a whopping total of four shinies. One shiny Machop, one shiny Hitmonlee, one shiny Mankey, and the jewels of the crown, one shiny Terrakion. About me mocking my mom for her Shadow Mewtwo, I kind of got karma about that. She arrived home holding her phone to show me her Galarian Articuno. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this time. Shiny vibes all. (laughs) Oh, man. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, you can't purify the Galarian Articuno. So I think we're safe at this point in time. But that's that's, (laughs) for now. That's wonderful. Nice work. Thank you very much. Next email is from Bobby. And they said, hey, guys, this is for your gold segment. My goal is more like until the end of the month goal. Currently, I'm level 39. And I have a goal to hit 40 by January 1st. As a little challenge, my friend said I have to transfer a shiny if I fail to hit the goal. My XP is currently around 4,100,000. I think I've got this. Anyway, hope your Caldeo tasks went well. Shiny vibes and shadow shiny vibes all. Ooh, up in the ante there. Well, I hope with uh, four days left to go, your number is going well. Seems like you're on a, a good pace from when you sent the email. I can't wait to hear an update. Yeah, I, I think there's no problem that you will hit level 40 by the end of this month. Good luck, and hopefully you've already gotten it or you're right there. It's almost time. So hopefully our first email from you is, I did it. That'd be great. <laughs> Thank you very much for the email. This next one is from Nessacal. Hi, Chris and Kyle. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple months now, long enough for it to reach number one on my Spotify wrapped. Yes, 
Thank you. Thank you. And it's become my go-to for all things Pokemon Go related. I was wondering what you guys think about the Vivian surprise release and what was good and what could have gone better. My opinion is biased since on my first encounter on the first day, I got a hundo and I immediately dumped all my rare candy into it in order to evolve it. And it has since replaced my hundo Latios on the fast track to best buddy. Love the podcast. Sorry for the long email and shiny vibes all. Best regards, Nessical. So we did talk about this already and, and how we thought it was rather positive. I think the only thing, if I if I had to look at it and say this could have gone better, are all things that are tied to just core parts of the game that I feel like are clunky at best, like the tutorials and stuff like that. Like just there isn't an intuitive way of understanding what's going on. Like, oh, go mm-hmm. click the metal and stuff like that. Yeah. But once you understand where everything is, I feel like it's really great. I've got one minor complaint and that I wish the map was more accurate. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've I have seen stories of people when like I definitely thought I lived in this region, but apparently people are saying they are getting this when they open my gifts or pin my gifts. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like it would have been that hard to draw some lines on the map to give a general area. And it's they they still could like it it would not be that hard. So that's definitely something that could be improved. Otherwise, I think it is actually a very, very good system. overall. I I just don't want them to gerrymander my Vivian. Okay. (laughs) you you want to keep your modern. I'm clearly in modern. I'm getting like this little like outshoot of polar. Very strange. Doesn't make any sense. Wait, you you get some gifts from polar. No, I'm joking. I'm pretending that. This oh, I'll be like that. Issue. I'm like, we're nowhere not, near polar. No, it'd here. be so funny that this. So I'm talking about though. We could have some instances where they're like, really, like, oh, by by voting districts, like. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> be pretty funny, but anyway, thank you very much, Nessical, for the uh, email. Appreciate it. Our next email is from Kelvin. They said, "I'm actually super proud of myself at the moment. I didn't cave in and buy the Caldeo research. Nice." Watch this be the one thing that never comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I that'd be so funny. Oh my uh-huh, god. It would be. Following recent discussions, I'm absolutely I'm also absolutely dreading the Hoenn tour, though. I don't believe Niantic knows who Kecleon is. Oh no. I've got a bad feeling that shiny rates outside of Vegas will be standard, and Vegas is way too expensive to even think about. It definitely is now, this late in the game, too. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys enjoying Scarlet and Violet? I'm nearly 200 hours in and I'm still loving it. Despite the frame rate and glitches, only problem is the new Pokemon, spoilers here, Iron Hands. Because of it, I've started calling Hoenn Hariyama Flesh Hands and the missus hates it. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. That's- Flesh Hands. <laughs> the real question is, when is Chris going to restart his art stream and make other Pokemon have paradox forms? Merry Christmas, everyone. Festive vibes all. Kelv drinks custard. P.S. Sorry for the essay. I hate to say it, but there are a lot of people that are much more talented than I that are already all over this paradox form stuff. I've seen some incredible art out there. Like, like, wow. As for enjoying Scarlet and Violet, I, I have enjoyed it a great deal. It has gone on the back burner for now as I enjoy other games, but I will certainly be back to it it's not like sword and shield where i put it down and never picked it back up (laughs) i have 165 hours in my violet playthrough um and i have done a lot of shiny hunting i completed the pokedex did all that good stuff 
very, very much in love with this game. I purchased Scarlet and I haven't started it yet because ironically, even though I don't really intend to bring the art stream back, at least not anytime soon, in the new year, I do intend to stream my Scarlet playthrough as a solo run uh, as some more streaming content because we kind of didn't have much this past year. We got real busy and I don't even know what happened this year. I got to like sit down and really figure out what happened. But (laughs) this was just Uh, a hard year and full of stuff, you know. I just checked. I have 55 hours in Violet. Nice, nice. And you've gotten credits, right? You've you've gone all the way. Yeah, I have not completed my decks, but I have finished the rest of the game and experienced all of the stuff. So there's that. If you need a friend for completing the Pokedex, well, I know a guy. Most of it is just is time. Yeah. And experience doing raids and stuff like that. Kind of excited for the Cinderace, though, coming. That's awesome. I just I I got a couple of raid counters ready today. I'm very excited. It's going to be fantastic. Woohoo. Yeah. So if you want to do something, hop in. We can knock them out instead of just throwing caution to the wind with the NPCs. It's not a good way to go. No, wait. No, it's so much easier with NPCs. Like objectively. Solo is easier than yeah. in groups. It is. It is easier than in groups unless you are with three other people that you know and you all know what you're doing. Yes, but like then it's great. Most people don't have four friends, so three friends. Or, or if you go into these raids and you're like, I'm gonna play the support role, and everybody else can just smash their heads on their keyboards, and you're no, just keeping I'd, them alive. I'd rather just solo it. Yes, that be the support the three randos. Who, has never played a healer in MMO. Me Correct. <laughs> I agree with you. Who's got time for that? Not me. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much for the email. Kelv drinks custard. The last one is from Sarah Amanda and they wrote, hello, go cast. I will footnote this up front by saying I'm going entirely off my memory. So maybe I am remembering this incorrectly, but from what I remember, When the December 2020 Community Day was announced, the Pogo community was so upset that it only featured Pokemon from the last two years of Community Days. Up until that point, December Community Days had featured all Community Day Pokemon. This was the pattern. This is how the event was supposed to always be. Niantic has ruined December Community Day. OMG, grab your pitchforks, everyone. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, I could I could see that. But now let's fast forward to the present. How was your December 2022 community day? Do you think it was terrible for the game that it only featured the past two years of calm days or should it feature everything as players had expected it to do back in 2020? If December 2022 community day was four years of past community days crammed into one community day event, how would they do it? Dilute the pool of Pokemon to be sure throughout the whole event you have equal chances of catching past community favorites, such as Pikachu, Weedle, Duskull, and Trapinch. Maybe an hourly rotation of Pokemon spawning would be perfect. Or how about dilute the egg pool so bad that you had no hope of even hatching one gibble out of 20 eggs? I'm mucho kidding, of course. You know I'm down for that. Amanda, I hope that's why you're... You're mentioning that. I would do that. (laughs) My thought is, thank goodness they changed December Community Day to be only the past two years worth of stuff. Spawns focused on the current year with the previous year's stuff available in raids and eggs. Seems like a great way to do it. Up until 2020, December Community Days was the only chance to evolve for the common day move but since then they've sprinkled in evolve for the special move into other events randomly throughout the year 
Some Pokemon have had their special move brought back more than once in the same year. That's very true. Good point. I'm just saying it's easy to complain about the bad and even easier to forget about the good. So I'm just going to say it. Change in the formula is not always bad for the game. Peace, <laughs> Saramanda. Leave it to Saramanda to close our, our email section this week with some good arguments and sound logic. I think this is true. I don't think that this is a change like the changes they've done to December community day would qualify as one that I would have an issue with. But I, I think that we did not acknowledge it as a change that was really good. So thank you very much for bringing that up in that way. I've got a thought here. Oh, oh, it's not, it doesn't resemble a counterpoint. Does it? No. Oh, thank y- God. Yes. Oh no. Maybe? Oh, what? Oh, d- oh, just they, they have never changed the formula for December community day. It has been the same formula since they started. Two years? 2018, they didn't have enough Pokemon. 2019, had 2018 Pokemon in eggs and raids. Okay. 2019 Pokemon was spawning in the wild. And 2020, 2021, and 2022 have all had the same pattern. So the only pattern that we didn't have one for was for the first year. So people just assumed because 2019 technically had everything featured that that was going to be the case, but they only had a sample size of one. And also, let's not forget that we've also had the addition of Community Day Classics added recently, too. So these pools are only getting bigger. So my my initial thought is it'd be nice to have the option for more Community Day moves, but they have worked on that. It is not perfect, but it is a lot better. But that said, I don't think there's any issues around the December community day. And I think anyone other thinking otherwise is not thinking about what we've actually had, the history of the game. Yeah, I and would agree. Four years. Oh, yeah. Four years of community day. Something like something like that. 2018 January. It, so it almost be, five years. We're about to hit five years of community day in like two weeks. It would be absolutely insane to have them all in one event. So, yeah, even even with the reach of an argument that, oh, they changed it and it would have been better if it was everything would be outrageous. And you and Sarah Amanda are both correct that this two year rotation is ideal. It's great. I don't want to see them change away from it either. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think it works. And I'm so glad this we didn't really talk about earlier that the community research just said 15 community Pokemon not specific Pokemon because I would not have finished it if it had said that. Oh, yeah. No way. That was a incredible change. Such a small thing, too. Loved it. Very, very positive for me. <laughs> so speaking of not changing things, though, I think that pretty much wraps up the the email section. So if you, dear listener, would like to send us an email just like these fine folks did, you can by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, we didn't have an example this week, but we have had them in many other episodes. You can call 262-586-7717 and leave a voicemail there. If you don't want to do the call thing, you can just email us an audio file and I'll take it from there. No worries. Visit our website, GoCast Podcast, for all things GoCast Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. Don't 
like us on Facebook. That'll be gone in the next three days because that's an easy goal for me to keep for myself. <laughs> if you'd like to help support the show, you can via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast podcast. And shout out to our elite trainer tier patrons. A very special thank you to Bo, Daniel, Andrew, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, Amimi, Sports, Thayer, Jason, Charles, Justin, Moners, Lee, William, Brandon, Ethan, and Steven. Thank you so, so much for your generous support of the show and for helping us keep the digital lights on. But if monetary support is just out of the question for you, not in the cards, or, or you've already done it and you're looking for another way to help support the show, you can, of course, leave us a review. That helps us a lot. It makes us much more discoverable so we're in front of more people and we get in more ears and all that good stuff we got two new reviews since the last time we've done this this first one is from the go boss and they said i love this podcast especially pvp corner it is so helpful i love fish and DeFi. we love to see that that's awesome i i just want you guys to know or the go boss i want you to know i did send this over to the two of them so hopefully they saw it and it makes them smile and this next one is from claytron Seven three seven four seven nine three eight three eight. This podcast is great. The hosts have a magical chemistry that only cements my love for the pod. Keep up the great work, shiny vibes all. Oh, Kyle, our chemistry <laughs> just as chemistry. explosive as real chemistry. We love it. <laughs> I think the last thing we have to do here, Kyle, is set some goals, and then we're out of here until the new year. That's right. Alrighty, and just as a little heads up for those of you that have listened all the way to the end here, Kyle and I a couple of weeks ago recorded uh, two bonus episodes that had to do with our experience in Scarlet and Violet. We're going to be putting those out in January, uh, so just keep an eye out for those and for updates on how you can listen to them. We'll talk more in January. Okay, so let's set some goals on the way out here, Kyle. What do you want to do in this week? All right. I need to finish some times researches. I have two of them and they're both got three days left. So that, that needs to get done. I'm going to try get a shiny Reshiram. There's not a lot of time before we record next from when it starts, but Hey, why not? And because I've been having trouble logging in every day lately with the, the weather doesn't make me want to play Pokemon go very much. Yeah. Fair uh, I have both of my seven day streaks on here. They're both currently at one. Okay. That sounds perfect. <laughs> Great. Uh, good luck. Uh, this next week's goals for me are going to get a shiny Hoot Hoot from the New Year's event, two shiny baby Pokemon from the New Year's event uh, egg pool, and Max Nautilus, which is my 100% chest knot. I, I did put that Litten at Max last time, and so now it's on to chest knot. Getting ready for the community day so I can TM it. And that's that. I think we're done. Yeah, that's an episode. Thanks so much for listening all the way through, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next year for episode 220. Until then, shiny vibes. Be safe. Have a great new year. All that good stuff. Bye-bye. Bye.